Well, go ahead and turn in your Bibles now to Joshua 1, 2 through 9. We're going to start here. I just have, I posted last night, I really have a prophetic word in my spirit uh, for us today. And it's for those, as Jesus would say, he who has an ear, let him hear. Amen. And so I just really feel like this is a, a word about going over, crossing over the next season, starting something new, uh, what people might say, turning over a new leaf, come on, going in a new direction, going to another level, all those things. They can sound cliche, but you've got to understand life is lived out in levels and stages. Everything in life is about levels and stages. That's where they get video games from. It's not just in video games, it's life. And you go to a new level, well, there's stages on that level. And, you know, you go to a new level, you may start at the bottom of that next level and you climb your way up until you get to the next the next stage and the next stage, which will enter into a new level. And the Christian life should always be about going over, possessing the land, getting better and better. You can't tell me how how can it be that the God of the universe can come in your life and you can walk with him, but your life not get better. That don't make no kind of sense. And if you missed last week's message about walking with Jesus, if your life is not getting better and better, maybe you're not walking with him. Maybe you're just going to church. And there's a difference. And I encourage you to get that message on the podcast because when you walk with Jesus, you do what he does. When you walk with Jesus, you take on his values, which is winning souls and making disciples. And there's a lot of church people that don't, they don't win souls. They don't make disciples. There's a lot of church folks that ain't disciples. They don't take the time to get discipleship because it's uncomfortable. They don't want anybody in their life helping them, encouraging them, and, and, and strengthening them. They, they don't want that. They see all that as, oh, I don't want nobody telling me what to do. Or we like to say things like this, I don't want nobody in my business. You see, and all those things, they go against what discipleship is. Discipleship is not having somebody in your business. It's being open and having allowing somebody to come in your life and help you in the areas that you're weak. And so those are all important things. But Joshua chapter 1, 2 through 9 is where we're going to start. And it it says this, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to the fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you right now for this Sunday. We thank you for this time that we have set apart to hear your word, to hear instruction, to hear direction. But Father, I know the prophetic word is a now word. It's a a word of direction for those that would hear it. It's a word with some extra oomph on it, Lord, to push people through into new levels and new stages. And we just ask, Lord God, that you would be here today to light a fire, to strengthen, to burn away any dross or burn away anything that would cause people to to be stagnant. And Father, cause us to burn brighter for you to go in the direction of destiny. 
We ask, Lord God, that your anointing would be here to preach and pull down strongholds. We take authority in this atmosphere right now of every wrong spirit, every foul distraction right now. And Father, we just ask in Jesus' name that you'd be glorified. Amen and amen. Praise God. You know, a prophetic word, you know, what's a prophetic word? Well, that's kind of a, it's kind of just a fancy way of saying a now word. A word that if you grasp it, you understand it's what God is saying right now. How many of you know God is always speaking? He's always speaking. He's a speaking spirit. When he wanted to create the world, what did he do? He spoke it into existence. Did you you know he could have created it many different types of ways? He could have done a lot of things. He could have, you know, got out a magic shovel. He could have got out some magic Legos. Who, who knows what he could have did? He could have blinked twice. He could have, but what did he do? He spoke. He spoke. God's a speaking spirit, okay? God's a speaking spirit. He's talking all the time. And what we need to learn how to do is we need to learn how to hear his voice in the times and the seasons that we're in. Now, he's always speaking. That's why it's important to have your devotional time in the morning. Find out what is your daily bread that day. What is God saying to me that day? Well, this morning, I feel like God is wanting to release this word to you to just give you some, as I prayed, some oomph behind what you're doing in life. Because sometimes we can get so frustrated with the level that we're at that we need God to point us in a new direction. And sometimes we can be like the children of Israel. We're just going around the same mountain for 40 years. Come on, somebody. How many have ever felt like you're just going around the same mountain every day, every week, every year? So so I want you to catch this today. So what God is saying to the house today is this. It's time to go over because so many of us, so many of us have had times where we're just going around the same mountain. We're still uh, as unhappy as we were a year ago. We're still in the same place that we might have been a year ago. We're still in the same place 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And what the Lord wants us to do, what the Lord wants to do is he wants to advance you. And what is he trying to advance you to? He's trying to advance you to the place of your promise. So listen, what God's trying to do is get you somewhere. There's a reason you were born. There's a reason he saved you. And it wasn't just so you could go to church. Come on, somebody. He didn't die on the cross so a bunch of us could gather together on Sundays and be churchgoers. He didn't die on the cross and deliver you from alcohol, drugs, sex, all these other things so you could just be a churchgoer on Sundays and throw some money in the plate. We don't even have plates here, but you know what I'm talking about. He saved you for a purpose, for a destiny, for a promise. The Bible tells us in John 10.10 that he died on the cross to give us an abundant life, which means a life that that has more than enough. Now, why would God give you more than enough? Is it just because he's, he's wasteful? No. He gives us more than enough so that we can enjoy and then give to others. On the mind of God is always other people. The problem with us is we're not thinking enough like God because we get into selfishness. We get into a place where we think the purpose of life is just to make us happy, just to make me happy. And we've got to delve into what the purpose of God is. The purpose of God is for you to feel destiny, for you, as we said last week, to walk with Jesus. Now, we all have some common denominators in what we're called to do as a a church, as Christian people. But then we all have individual destinies. We have destinies as families. We have destinies as in, in our marriages. And what we've got to do is we've got to tap into this anointing and this word today that God is saying, it's time for you to go over. It's time for you to progress. It's time for some of you that have been fighting the same spirit every Sunday, every Monday for the past year two years to knock that thing down and go to another level. It's time for some of us that have just been so struck down with depression that all we can do is just take meds for it or all we can do is just resign and say, well, this is the way it's going to be when God's saying, no, I want you to cross over. And so we look at this thing here like Joshua here, the children of Israel had a promise. 
They were like us. They were delivered from slavery. Okay? They were in Egypt. They were in chains. They were beaten. They were slaves to the system of the world. Same way all of us were before we got saved. But then God delivers them supernaturally, the same way he did for us, and he brings us into a new place, and he says, I want to take you into the promised land. And this is where the children of Israel are at at this place. We know under their, their, their pastor Moses, they weren't able to cross over and get into their promised land because they were full of fear. They didn't trust the Lord. They weren't willing to do what he said. So they stayed the same. Isn't that kind of the same way for a lot of us here? We could cross over if we just would trust God. His word says that if you give, it will come back to you. Uh, but, but, you know, we just can't bring ourselves to, well, what if it doesn't? What if his word doesn't work? What if I step out and nothing happens? What if I don't get healed? What if I don't get my breakthrough? Well, brother and sister, what if you do? And so because the children of Israel wouldn't trust God, they stayed in the same place until a new pastor, a new sheriff came to town by the name of Joshua. And God begins to speak to him and he tells Joshua the old thing, my, my, Moses, my servant is dead. It's time to move, arise and go over this Jordan. And I want to give you these five things about crossing over because I know Christians, they like steps, they like keys, they like all this kind of stuff. But whatever helps you remember, I want, I want you to catch these things today. These five things that are going to help you cross over from where you are into your promise, all right? Number one, the first thing that we see here in this scripture in Joshua chapter 1 is, is uh, God begins to speak to Joshua. He says, now therefore arise, go over this Jordan. And here it is, you and all this people. The first thing you've got to realize before you cross over is this. Number one, realize it's about more than just you. Your decision to go higher in God is about more than just you. And so he tells Moses, listen, you're crossing over, but just not you are crossing over. You're taking all these people. And I want you to know here uh, this morning, there are people that you got to cross over for. You can't stay in a, in, a, in, a, in a place of lack, in low-level living. You can't stay in just the understanding and financial realm that you're in. You got to cross over. You know why? Because there are people that won't cross over unless you do. But when you cross over, guess who gets to come? Everybody in your circle of influence. See, we've got to start living like this. We're a selfish generation. The flesh is just selfish. We think about ourselves. That's all we think about. We don't think about how's this going to affect my kids? How's this going to affect my spouse? How's this going to affect my grandkids? What about all the people that watch me? How is this going to affect them? See, if we would think like that, we would make better decisions and better choices. But because, you know, sometimes when we're hurt, Hurt people can be some of the most selfish people that there are. Ooh, I know that, that, that hurts right there. But listen, you got you to understand this. Hurt people many times only want to focus on their pain, thus focusing on themselves. And so it's in a time of hurt that we do things that are selfish to ease our pain. Not thinking that the thing that we're doing to ease our pain is going to affect all these other people over here. So you think you're just going to the bar. You think you're just going to get a drink, ease your worries, have some fun. But see, you don't understand your kids are watching you. And they're learning how to cope with life from you. You think, oh, I, man, I've just had a hard day. I just need to go out and smoke some weed. Hey, it's legal now. What the heck? I'm going to go out here and do this, you know. But you got to understand, there's people watching you. There's always somebody watching you. And there's always somebody that is either going to stay on this side of the river or cross over with you. 
every decision you make, it's not just about you, it's about others. See, but we can't, hurt people can't handle that. This is why hurt people do what they do. They just keep hurting other people. See, here's something. If you've ever left a church in a wrong way, out of an offense, then you're exactly who I'm talking about. So you become a part of a covenant body like these wonderful people up here who feel like God has called me here. This is where God wants me for this season of my life. Amen? But then somebody hurts you. You don't like the way an usher talked to you. You don't like your little junior was had gotten trouble in the children's church. And you didn't like that you didn't get invited to the thing. And you didn't like the rule that they had about this. So here's what you do. I'm not going to this church no more. Forget this. but I thought God called you here. And so we make decisions out of a hurt just trying to cope with us without thinking about who it affects. So next thing you know, you stay out of church. But you didn't think too much about Junior. Not this Junior over here. Sorry, brother. But little Mijo's got friends in the children's church. And he loves to see his little friends. Man, he can't wait to get to church every day because there's little, little Johnny. I'm trying to use names. I don't know these kids here. <laughs> little Taylor. How's that? I ain't got no Taylors in there right now. And so, and so he says, Mom, are we going to church? I want to see my friends. No, Mio, we're not going there anymore. So now, oh, you got to catch this today. Now your decision to do something out of your own selfish hurt is now affecting your family. What you don't realize, when you make that decision to move away from there, there are people that love you and miss you in this house. And they come to church and they can't wait to talk to you, but they look around and they go, where are they at? And then they call you, but you don't pick up those calls. Come on, somebody. Because you know what it's about. They want to know where you're at. They text you. You don't return those texts. And so what begins to happen? That person that's texting you goes, man, did I do something wrong today? Did I hurt them? I thought we were friends. Are you catching this today? See, every decision you make in a hurt mode will affect others around you. The decision to use drugs, the decision to drink, the decision to view porn, the decision to hang out with who you're hanging out affects the people around you. It's always like that. But in the same way, the right decisions to cross over to get closer to God, to go to a first steps class, to get in discipleship, to plug into a church, to get smarter in God, come on somebody, to grow in the Lord, to get filled with the Holy Ghost, to commit to a church, guess what? It brings others with you. Now you have kids that they begin to see, well, dad goes to church. God must be cool. Mom goes to church. This is how we get down. This is how we do. Okay, when I get in trouble, when I have a problem, I can go to God. Our kids get to cross over with us. But not only our kids, how many of you got little nephews and nieces? And they're not in good situations. Come on, somebody. They're not in good situations. But they see you, and they come over to your house for the holidays, And they see how you're living. They see how your house is. They go back home to their house, but they remember your house. Come on. How it was nice. How there was peace. How there wasn't no beer on the table. Come on, somebody. There wasn't no no liquor bar in it. And they remember how good it felt. 
the time will come when the fact that you've crossed over will influence them to cross over. But some of us are so self-consumed, you think it's just about you. And so you go through life just to please you. Well, let me tell you this. You can't cross over unless you understand first that it's not all about you. And Joshua needed to understand that. So God told him, listen, you're crossing over, but you're taking all these people. See, Joshua had to understand, it's not all about me. Sure, Joshua could have said, I'm crossing over, cool. He could have ran, swam across that Jordan and went and built him a house in the promised land and stood on the promises by himself, but that wasn't the plan. God said, you got to take all these folks. They got to go together. If you're going to cross over, go over into your promised land, you better realize it's about more than just you. So let me challenge you this morning on this. Are all the goals in your life that you have selfish? Are all the prayer requests that you have really just about you getting what you want? Or have you learned how to first seek the kingdom and then see that all the things that you need will be added unto you? Because that's how we are as Christians. We come to church when we got needs. Can I get an amen? And there ain't nothing wrong with that to a degree. Because Jesus tells us, come to me with the needs. You coming to God with the needs show that you believe in him. But it can't stop there. You know how many people I've prayed with at an altar because they had a court date coming up? And then I didn't see them after the court date? You know how many people have come to this altar because rent was due? And we prayed with them, cried with them, asked the Lord to intervene for them, and God does and we don't ever see them again? Happens all the time. Because you want to know why? Because their goal is just to get their need you got to understand, you've got to embrace the meaning of life. And the meaning of life, Jesus broke it down to us. It's to love God with everything you are and to lift others. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you will learn that, and we say that over and over, because if you get that, it will transform the way you live. Because some of us, even the ones that call us Christians, it's really all just about you. It's still all about you. And that's the beauty of being in a church community. Because being in a church and serving in a church and being a part of a church causes you to understand it's not all just about me. A portion of what God blesses me through my job has to go towards my church family. A portion of the strength, the talent, the abilities that God has given me, I've got to serve somewhere. A portion of the time that I have, i got to get out at an outreach and serve and serve my community. See, all those things keep you grounded in what life is really about. It's about the kingdom of God. It's about crossing over and bringing others with you. Remember, it's about the abundant life. It's abundant because you're not supposed to drink it all. You're not supposed to eat it all. What do you do with a cup that's overflowing? You get another cup and another cup and another cup, and another cup. Come on, somebody, amen? What do some of us do with a cup that's overflowing? Oh, oh, oh. We got we to understand, crossing over is about more than just you, and I want to challenge you on that first point. Take some inventory of your life, the career you've chosen. Hey, God wants to bless you with that. He put that in your heart, but you need to learn how to link it to his promises, his purposes, Everything you do, he needs to be glorified through it. It should be to accomplish the goal of winning souls and making disciples, which is lifting people to reach God. Everything you do, you could be in the business world. You could be a doctor. You could be in real estate. You can make millions of dollars. You can have blessings upon blessings upon blessings. But you got to understand part of that, God has given me to make the quality of life and other people better. And what makes the quality of life and other people better than a relationship with Jesus? So if you're going to cross over people, you got to understand it's not just about you. Amen? Tell your neighbor it's not just about you.
I know I'm, someone's getting mad. I know. Number two. Number two, once you realize it's not just about you, there's others that are going to go with you. It says this, every place that the sole of your foot will tread, I have given you. What does that mean there? It means you got to go. Get to stepping. Come on, Martin. Amen. You got to get out there and you got to go. You got to possess the land. You got to get out there. He told Joshua, every place where you put your foot, I'll give you. But you got to get your foot there. Amen. So he showed, he told him what the territory was, but he said, if you want it, you got to go put a foot there. So he said, so you can have this all the way to the going down of the sun. It's yours, but you got to put a foot there. Do you know what they had to do? They had to get up. They had to walk that land and put a foot there. You know what that means? You cannot dominate your life from your living room. You can't dominate your life from these church chairs. You can't take possession of the promises unless you go. Some of us grew up in churches where all people did was go to church. That's why they didn't possess nothing. Because you got to get out there in those realms and you got to put a foot there in the business realm. You could dominate there. You could possess there in the business realm. Put a foot there. God's with you. If you're a teenager, possess that high school. Put a foot down. God will give it to you. Instead of trying to be like them. Ooh, I feel a dad thing coming on me right now. Son, wait till you see them in 20 years. Them ones that just like to go to the party and think they cool, dating every girl, smashing. Check them out in 10 years, 15 years. Now, let's dial it back. Check them out in five years. They ain't going to be like you. You that took a stand and said, no, I'm saving myself. You that took a stand and said, I'll be at church on Fridays. You that took a stand and said, I'm going to serve God, even if none of these fools are going to go with me. You'll see the difference. Oh, trust me. Oh, trust me. I've been to some high school reunions. Come on, somebody. And I've said, I, I walked by folks and said, I wanted to be like you. There's some humor to it, but there's also some sadness to it. And so, dads, you got to get in there and you got to talk to your kids. You got to tell them these things. You got to tell them, say, that, 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 that road there don't go at a good place. But see, the problem is the last generation of Christians were so scared. We're so scared. My, my grandmother's churches, they just, they never let Christians do nothing. Because they said that greater is he that is in me than he that it's in the world, but they didn't believe that. So they said, oh, if you go to the movies, mijo, you're going to get a devil. Oh, if you watch that, that's going to send you to hell. If you pierce that thing there, that means a devil is going to go right in you. (laughs) And they said things like that. We can laugh about it today, but... My mom and my tia, they lived those, they lived those times. And some of y'all might have too. And those were hard times. But they said that they believed that greater was he that is in us than he that's in the world. But yet they taught us that if we go in the world, the world will dominate us. The world will overtake us. That if you listen to secular music, you're going to get demon possessed. That if you see a movie, you're going to get demons and nightmares at night. Whoa, 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 whoa. I thought, Greater is he that's in me. That should mean that wherever I go, I can be stronger than that atmosphere. That I could go to a public school and not lose my mind. That I could go around unsaved people and be a light. Come on, high schoolers and junior hires. 
Amen? See, this is what the last generation lost. They never went nowhere. They never did nothing. They told the kids, meal, stay home, go to church. So they had church every night. You laugh, but there was, there was Sunday morning. Sunday morning went into Sunday afternoon. And then they had Sunday evening. And then they had worship practice on Mondays. And I don't know why, but everybody showed up to worship practice. People that weren't even on the worship practice came to worship practice. You had little kids running through the, the aisles and stuff playing. And, and then the next day was the damas or whatever. You know, you had the ladies were meeting on Tuesdays. And then the midweek on Wednesdays. And then missionettes on Thursdays and Royal Rangers. And then Fridays was youth night. How many, how many some of y'all remember those days? What was that? That was everybody afraid of the world. We had to run to the house of God. We had to get to the house of God. But you can't cross over like that. You know what that's the equivalent of? Moses' era. They didn't possess their promised land. You want to know why? They were afraid. You want to know why our parents and our grandparents didn't win their cities? Didn't, didn't raise the next generation to serve God? They were all afraid. But there's another generation that's arisen. And we're hearing the word of the Lord. We're hearing the prophetic word that we've got to go and place our feet in these places in society. And if we get there, we can dominate. So we got to get some college degrees. We got to get out there and get in the business realm. We got to start some businesses. We've got to get out there and, and, and meet some folks, engage our community, go on outreaches, feed the homeless, do stuff. That's the only way we're going to inherit the promise because God said, where you put your foot, I'll give that to you. But you know what we want to do? We want to just stay in church and pray. We, we take the city. I've been in pastor's prayer meetings. That's what they do. We just pray right now. We just take the city. And the city ain't ever getting taken. Because ain't nobody getting out there putting some souls to the ground. Some boots to the floor. That's what it's going to take. And so what is it? What is your promise? You got to get out there and do it. You got to get out there and do it. And you know what you're going to have to overcome? Fear. Fear. You're going to have to get on a plane. You're going to have to get out of town. You're going to have to go around the world, get on a missions trip. Got real quiet in this Baptist church today. You're going to have to do some things you never done because you got to put a foot there. Wherever you put that, see, you got to go. How many of you know this, that two-thirds of God's name is go? Come on, amen? We got to go. What has he called you to do? Go, go do it. Called you to go to college? Go do it. She called you to start a business? Go do it. She called you to save the world? Go do it. She called you to win souls and make disciples? Go do it. Amen? Well, I'm just waiting on the Lord. You're going to be waiting on the Lord forever. Because God, the Lord's waiting on you. And he sent me this morning to tell you, you got to go. You're never too old to get going. My dad, 82 years old, went with me a couple years back. First time. Never for that picture image is burned in my mind, because I know my dad, to see him laying hands in the Philippines. And these girls, and he's weeping. I never would have thought I would have seen that in my entire life. It took him 82 years to get there. But you know what he did? He went. see Nana on the mission field with us in Mexico, getting out there, witnessing, praying with folks. See, it don't matter how old, you just got to go. But it's not even just about missions. What's your dream? You got to go. You got to get out there. You can't be afraid. Amen? That's the second thing you got to do to possess and go over. Are you guys getting something this morning? Let me give you this next one. Number three, the third thing you got to do to cross over the Bible says here, you got to be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. He kept saying that to Joshua. Be strong and have good courage. 
Remember, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. He says that over and over and over in this book. And you want to know why? Because strength is important. And we're in a generation right now that doesn't know much about strength. The strength that I'm talking about this morning is strength of the spirit. And strength of the spirit is something that you have to develop. We got all kinds of people that are strengthening their flesh, and that's good. The Bible says it's profitable like that. Get your gym membership on. Work out. Do what you got to do. There are other people that are strengthening your mind. That's right. Get that education. Read them books. But you better strengthen your spirit. And this is something that much of the church knows nothing about. They think strength. See, strength in any arena, catch this now, has to be built on purpose. Strength always takes discipline. You don't get strong automatically. You develop strength. You do something. Here it is, over and over and over and over and over and over again. And not always because it's enjoyable. Because sometimes it's not. But because you have a goal to strengthen something, You keep doing it, you keep doing it, you keep doing it. And you hit those zones where you love it, but then you hit those times where it's hard. It's the same way strengthening your spirit. And we've got to understand this. Everything in your life emanates from your spirit. If you got a weak spirit, you'll have a weak life. If you got a strong spirit, you'll have a strong life. Are you catching this today? So God tells Joshua here, be strong and have good courage. What is he talking about? Strengthen the spirit, the spirit man, the inward man. Now, how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, let me give you, these are basic things and you're probably learning about them in first test, but you got to catch this today because even though some of you know it, you don't know it. Let me say that again. Even though some of you know it, you don't know it. Because unless you're doing it, you don't know it. Amen? Unless you're doing it, you don't know it. So there's some people, as I say this, you're going to go, oh, I knew that. No, you don't. Because I'm not talking about a head knowledge. I'm talking about a heart knowledge. So how do we build up our spirit? The first thing you got to do is you got to read the word, which is number four on the list there. You got to read the word. Matthew 4, 4 says this, Jesus answered, It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Do you know how you make your spirit strong? You got to feed it. You got to feed that thing. Quit feeding it a steady diet of future and Mac Dre, some of you old school heads, and, and, and Chance the Rapper and anybody else out there, and Nicki Minaj, That's the, that thing ain't feeding your spirit. You got to get some Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Come on. You got to tune into Paul. Come on. You got to get some of that in you because that's going to cause you to grow. Are you tracking with me today? See, you got to be conscious about feeding your spirit. Some of you spend a lot of time in your car to and from work. You outgrove commuters. You better get a podcast. You better get some Bible on tape, on disc. Come on, you better get something because you got a half hour right there. You could be feeding your spirit. Come on, you could feed yourself the word of God. Get it inside of you. Come on, young people. Take five, ten minutes a day. Read that word. Feed your spirit. Why? Because that's how you grow. That's how you grow. We got Christians that don't read the Bible. Don't make no kind of sense. They don't make any kind of sense. Because the last time I checked in this word, the Bible tells us that Jesus was the word made flesh. When I spend time with his word, I spend time with Jesus. If I'm away from his word, I'm away from Jesus. His word, he is one with his word. See, some of us over-spiritualize it. We want to spend time with God. We just think that means praise and worship music. Oh, I'm spending time with Jesus. We like that kind. 
Because a feeling comes along with that sometimes. You'll cry, you'll feel some emotion. But do you know just as important as spending time like that is cracking that word open and studying it, taking a highlighter, taking a pen, and anytime something jumps out at you that you're reading, mm, that's God right now. That's my day right now. That's my daily word right there. What does that do? That strengthens you. Why do we need strength so that you could go possess your promise? Because guess what's in your promise? Giants. Guess what's in your promised land? You think it's just going to open up? No. Well, God promised me a business. Okay, get ready. Because the enemy always comes for what's valuable. Amen? You know, how many know when you broke, ain't nobody trying to get in your house? Ain't nobody breaking into your house. Leave the door open if you want to. They'll do you a favor. You got to pay nobody to take that couch. But you buy some stuff, you better lock them doors because someone's coming. Get a nice car. Car you got right now, leave the keys in it. There you go, it'll still be there. Leave it here overnight, it'll still be here. Nobody want that car because it ain't valuable. Get a new car, you better get an alarm on it. You better get one of them. Remember them, uh, what was they things you used to put on the wheel? The club, oh yeah, I'm going to take it back now. Lock them rims at night. Because if it's valuable, the enemy wants it. So what do you have to be able to do for valuable things? You got to defend it. See, everybody wants a good marriage. But guess what? When you get a good marriage, guess who someone's coming for? You got to learn to defend it. So what do we need? Strength. Strength. So what do you got to do every day? You got to eat. You got to eat. Not just binge watch shows on Netflix. Come on. I know I do it too, but I also read. <laughs> read and then watch our shows, you know. But you got to get the word in you guys. You got to get it. Because this promise that you got, temptation's going to come to knock you off. Fights, you got to fight some stuff. And you, most people give up. That's why they don't possess their promise. You want to know why they give up? They're weak. They're weak. What gives you strength? The word. Come on, I got five more minutes. How many of y'all will give me five more minutes? Five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Y'all said it. Y'all said it. Okay, praying in the spirit. That's an old joke. Jude chapter 1, 20 through 21, it says this. But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. If you're going to build your spirit up, you got to learn how to pray in the Holy Ghost. You got to get to know the Holy Spirit. You got to learn to be baptized. You got to get baptized by the Holy Ghost and not be afraid of allowing the Spirit of God to pray through you in other tongues. Oh, well, pastor, that's weird. See, it's only weird if you don't know God. Get to know God, and then it takes away the weirdness of it. It becomes natural, and it becomes powerful. Well, I just don't understand that. Spend time in his word. The word gives you understanding. The word will birth the spirit. We got a lot of America, Christians in America today that they don't talk about the Holy Ghost. They don't talk about the Holy Spirit. You don't see the gifts of the spirit in church, but you know what? Get on a plane with me. Go to Indonesia. And you'll see 5,000 people lifting their hands, crying, praying in the Holy Ghost. And not a single one of them is worried about what you think. Not worried about what you think. We do that here. Oh, my gosh, what's going on? What, what, did you hear? What, what is, I'm never going to that church. You know what we do? We get offended by the things we say we want. I want more of you, God. God shows up. Oh, my gosh, I didn't mean that. I'm going to another church. The world's crying out for supernatural, y'all. What are the top movies over the past 10 years? Superman, Spider-Man, Iron Man, Hulk, Thor. What do they all have in common? Superpowers. Put out, a, put out a movie with a superhero in it, a dollars it'll make tomorrow. 
You want to know why? Because this generation desires supernatural. We got it in the church, and we're ashamed of it. Well, I don't want to hear nobody, hear me praying in the Holy Ghost. No way. Read your Bible. And if it's, if Shika Bahaya Katara Masata scares you, you need to get saved because you ain't going to make it. Because there's a lot of stuff in the Bible that don't make a lot of sense. What we saw here with Pastor Raymond and people getting healed, that didn't make no sense. Some of you probably left that here going, I don't believe that. That's okay because the Bible says this these things will follow them that believe. If you don't believe, don't trip. You'll never have it. You'll never have it. Well, I think if God wants me to have those things, he'll just give it to me. No, he won't. Do you know God's just a gentleman? The demon does stuff against your will. Satan does stuff against your will, not God. God always waits for an invitation. They wait for an invitation. You got to ask for it first. Everybody's not just saved. What do they got to do? They got to decide, choose. Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. And he comes. It's for everybody, but everybody's got to choose. The Holy Spirit's the same way. And it's crazy how we get with God. It don't make no sense. We're scared of stuff. You've seen crazier stuff in the bar. Come on, ecstasy made you do weirder stuff than God will ever do. And you was taking everything back in the day. Oh, just look straight ahead. Don't tell on yourself right now. Your kids are watching. New liquor comes out. Let me try that. You don't even know what it is. It could be gasoline. But you try it. Wake up somewhere the next day. You didn't know what. And then you know what you would do? Oh, that was awesome. I got to go do that again. But a preacher gets up and talks about the Holy Spirit. Shikarabahata. Pray in other tongues. Oh, I don't want to. Oh, I don't know about that. I'm, I don't know. What? You were smoking every little thing just to try to ease your pain. You was popping every little pill just to get through your day. And now you got the real thing and you're afraid of it. You better get free from that devil. You better open up your mind because that don't make no kind of sense. Are you tracking with me today? I'm going after this ignorant spirit that tries to make us ashamed of the Holy Spirit, of the power of God, because it don't make sense. There's a lot of things you done did that didn't make no sense. Like join a gang. Oh, that made sense. Boy, that was, I was accepted there. Yeah, but she was carrying a gun shooting folks. And didn't think you'd get caught. Yeah, that made sense. But then you come to the kingdom. And you got all these reservations. What about all them losers you used to sleep with? just hoping it would ease some of your pain. And now you come to God and you got all these conditions? Well, I want God. I just don't want the Holy Spirit. Well, I want God. I just don't want to fall on the ground. Well, I want God. I just don't want to, you know, yabba-dabba-doo and all that kind of stuff. Just preach to me and tell me I'm all right. Listen, if you're going to cross over, if you're going to cross over, you got to grow. If you're going to grow, you got to feed your spirit through the word of God. And then what Jude says is you got to build up your spirit by praying in the Holy Ghost. Every time you pray in the Holy Ghost, it builds your spirit. Every time you just close your eyes and say, it builds your spirit. Amen. Are you tracking with me? So I want to leave you with the last thing here. So let me recap. I want to let you go. I would have, have, Eddie, I would have Eddie come up, but he's not here Diego, come on. Now y'all can breathe. I know how y'all are. You're just waiting for that, and you start putting your Bibles away. Oh, you start, okay, making your reservation on the phone. If we're going to cross over, number one, you got to realize it's about more than just you. Number two, if you're going to cross over, you got to go. You got to get to stepping. You got to get out there. You got to possess your promise. You can't possess your promise from your living room. Number three, you got to be strong and of good courage, which means you got to strengthen your spirit, man, which leads to number four. You got to read the word. 
Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but out of the, but out of every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, Matthew 4, 4. Then you got to pray in the spirit because Jude 1, 20 says, beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And number five, if you're going to possess and go over, you got to confess the word. I confess the word. This is the easiest key of the kingdom that nobody uses. Nobody uses it. If you should start using this, you'd have less prayer requests. Because many of your prayer requests, God's saying, I gave you the keys. And we tell, pray for me for this. Pray for me for that. How about you just start speaking and believing? Are you tracking with me? And it's very easy. It's as simple as getting the Bible out, a promise, and walking your bedroom floor and saying over yourself that promise. I'm the head and not the tail. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Alcohol has no hold on me anymore. Sex has no hold on me anymore. I am free. I declare I am free. I declare I'm a new man in you. I'm a new creature in Christ. I declare I'm not going back. I'm going forward. Are you tracking with me today? What do you want in life? Where do you want to go? It's as simple as speaking it first. But you got to do it. You got to do it. Five, confessing the word. Let me me read this scripture to you here in, in Mark chapter 11. It says, so Jesus answered and said to them, have the God kind of faith or have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things will be done. He will have, here it goes, whatever he says. Tell your neighbor you can have what you say. That sounds too good to be true, but I'm just reading the Bible to you right now. That's all I'm doing. So then he says this, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them. Tell your other neighbor you can have what you say. Tell yourself, I can have what I say. Now ask yourself, what is it that you want? Now before you answer that question, is what you want connected to something greater than just you? If it is, you get it. But if it's just about you, go back to step one, because you ain't ready. You ain't ready. This is where you got to do a heart check. If what you're confessing is only about you, go back to step one and remember, it's not all about you. Well, God, I just need this promotion so that I can get my house and we can be blessed. I can, kids can have their own room. Is it just about that? Or is maybe part of that promotion so that you can help build the house of God? Now, if it is, proceed. But if it's not, go back to step one. Go back to step one because you have not yet learned it's not all about you. But you got to confess the word. You got to speak the Bible every day. What is, where are you weak? Do you struggle with sickness? Are you just sick all the time? You know, sometimes there's flu season and cold season. But is it not, whatever season it is, is it always your season to get sick? And you just live with it? How much, how much meds do you got in your house right now? Do you got sepical, Aleve, tough actin, tenactin? You got every medication known because no matter what it is, you seem to get it. Did you know you can have what you say? You've been dealing with back problems your whole life. You keep going up for prayer. Maybe it's time to stop getting prayer and just start confessing. What is it you want, young people? You want to go to college? 
starts with this. But my grades starts with this. God can make an F and do an A real easy, but it starts with this. Doesn't end with this. I mean, I've been I've been confessing, but I still have Fs because you don't do the homework. I said it starts with this. Don't end there. Starts there. But you gotta confess. Ushers, I want you to do something right now. Pass out envelopes. We're not going to receive an offering tonight as we close or today as we close. But last week, for those of you that are members here, and if you're visiting us, this doesn't apply to you. If you want to be a part of it, you can, but this is really just for the members of the house. Most of you know we're in a press, and we've been in a press for the last two years to find a permanent home for our church. We need a permanent home. From this area, we're, we're touching our, our, our community. We're touching our nation. Uh, we're, we're, we're going into parts of the world. We're seeing dreams fulfilled, seeing lives impacted every Sunday we come together. We need a church home. We need to build a house so that our kids can get married in. Amen. So that our kids can have nice nurseries and, and, and nice children's facilities. We need to link what's important to us to what's important to God. So if you're a member of this house, last week I asked you to prayerfully consider making a pledge over the next 12 months to what you would commit to and believe God to bring in for you to to help us get a building. And this is above tithes and offerings. See, tithes and offerings is what we need to operate here. It's what we need to do church every week and do the things we do, help the different people that we help, do the outreaches, all the different things. And So it can't come out of that. It needs to be beyond that. We haven't come to the church body in over two years now for a pledge. But what I'm asking you to do is prayerfully consider right now, not not what you can afford to do, not what you have in your savings, not, well, if I do this and I do that, and if I cut out here, then I can give you. No, 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 that's that's you. That's, That's you. I want you to get God involved. And I want you to hear from God and let him scare you. Let him shock you. Because what I'm asking you to do is not something that you can do. Here's what we're doing. We're asking the Lord to use you. And what can you be used of God to do? If God got you this amount, would you give it? If God put an amount in your hands, somehow, some way, and maybe some of you have gotten promotions and some of you have gotten new jobs. Did you ever think maybe that's why? Connecting to something greater than you? But if God puts something in your hands over the next 12 months, would you give it? What is that number? So don't just, you know, do your budgeting and stuff. That's fine. Amen. But let's do something that, let's let's put this on God. It's his house. And I've already, God's given me a number and there's no way I have that already for me and my family to give. But what I'm saying, God, is okay, I'll do this. But you're gonna have to get it to me. And if you get it to me, I won't eat it. I won't shop with it. I won't buy stuff with it. I'll give it to the house. That's what, that's what we're saying. I want you to bow your heads for a moment. Let me just pray over you. Father, I just pray right now. I know every person here, every member here hears from you. And they have the ability, Lord God, to make a commitment, not to me, but to what you have called them to do as the family of God. This is between you and them, Lord. I ask that you would release your word, your your, your voice into their lives and that they would make a commitment to believe you to meet this pledge, to build your house in Jesus' name, amen. Now, whatever it is that the Lord spoke with you, if your spouse is here, obviously talk about it or whatnot. But I want you to just write it on the envelope along with your name because this is going to help us. This is going to help us believe God and as a corporate family that we're going to say that we're, we need to raise, basically we need to raise about $110,000 over the next 12 months. And what's that? what that's going to do is any building that we've looked at, it needs to be built out. We can't just go into a building and have church. We got to build it out. We got to paint it. We got to put walls up. We got to put carpet down or flooring down. We're going to have to get new chairs. We're going to have to do all these different things to make it a home, offices and all these kinds of things. There's not a building out there that's ready to go. It's going to take something. 
And so this is going to allow us to do this. Also, what these pledges help us do is they help us see where our faith is at and help us press towards it, okay, so that we don't overshoot, so that we know what we have in the house, so that we can believe God for these things and see him meet it. So whatever it is, just write your name on there and just put on there, I'm pledging such and such amount over the, by, by the end of the year. So you got, you know, what we're in February now, 11 months to believe that God's going to do it, okay? Now, here's what I also want you to do. I don't want, just want you to make that pledge and forget about it and then sit around at home going, well, when $5,000 comes, I'm going to give it. You know, that's not the way to do it either. Every day or every week, put down five towards it. Put down $2 towards it. Put down $10 towards it because it shows God you're serious. And as he sees you beginning to do it, he'll provide the rest. And remember, this isn't about me. This isn't about you. It's about all the people that ain't here. It's about all these guys that play in the basketball league. It's about all these kids that we help out here at VBS. It's about the Filipino churches that we see in Lakab. It's about the people we're about to meet in the Dominican Republic. All these things, y'all, this is what this is going to do. So ushers, if you go ahead and, and just receive that. And if you're not ready to, to make the pledge yet, you still need to go home and talk to your spouse, please message us on Facebook or email us. Let us know what it is so we can put it together. And then let, next week, we'll let you know what our, what our pledge drive is going to be for the year. And we're going to see God do some miraculous things. This is what crossing over looks like. Amen? So every week, you're going to confess as well. Father, bring in my pledge. Bring that money in so we can build a house. Because my confession is, God, bring us a church. Give us a building so that we can touch the community and the world. Amen? So ushers, go ahead and receive that right now. And again, I just want to thank you guys in advance. You guys are such a generous congregation and people. You get it. It makes things like this a lot easier. I don't have to co co coerce anybody, manipulate anybody. I don't have to show you pictures of kids overseas with bellies and flies on their face to make you give. You get it. Hear from God. Just do what he's asked you to do. No pressure. Amen. Let's all stand on our feet right now, and as we close, we send you off to get some good food or whatever. Don't forget, Dominican Republic meeting in the Children's Church over here. If you have any questions about my city, see Jessica as well. But real quick, I want you to just bow your heads for a moment because there might be somebody here that needs to cross over, make the biggest crossover of their life, and that is to come into the kingdom of God by making Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. You know about him, you know who he is, but you've never asked him to come into your life. Everybody just bow your head and close your eyes for the sake of privacy. Holy Spirit, I just thank you for this word today. Cause us to cross over. But Lord, if there's somebody here and they need to cross over into your presence, they need you. They need to come into the kingdom. They need to know that you love them unconditionally and that you forgive them. And if you're here today and you need to make the Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to pray with you. This is your morning to cross over. You don't have to be embarrassed, ashamed. You just got to want it. Start the most incredible journey of your life. Find out why you were born when you meet Jesus for real. This isn't about being a part of a church or being a member this is about meeting Jesus and having him forgive you of all of your sins, all of your wrongdoings, taking away all your shame, all your guilt, and giving you love unconditionally. And if you're here today and you're saying, man, I need Jesus in my life, I just want you to slip up a hand. Just raise your hand right now so I can pray with you. Amen. I see that hand over there. Anybody else? Anybody else? Be bold. Be bold. Be bold. Anybody, I see another hand over here. Praise God. Now I want you to do one more bold thing before I let you go. If you just raised your hand, don't let anything keep you in that chair. I want you to just come right down here to the front. 
so Pastor Cheeto and Norma can come and pray with you. I want you to come. Let us introduce you to Jesus right now. Don't be embarrassed. You that raise your hand, just begin to come down right now. Come on, come on, come on. Come on. I do, do one other thing right now. For those that are embarrassed, I want you right now to just look at the person next to you and tell them, if you need to go up there, I'll go up there with you. Come on, just tell them. Ask them right now. Come on, ask them. Come on, that's all right. You don't need to be embarrassed. You don't need to be embarrassed. Come on. Come down here with her. Come on. Amen. Give them a good hand as they come right now. I couldn't let you go home. We had to pray with you, girl. We had to pray with you. God's got something special on you. My God, he loves you. His presence is all over you right now. Everything's about to change. Everything's about to change for you right now. Father, I just pray right now, you just comfort her in the areas where she needs comfort. I'm going to let the Rosados pray with you right now. Let's give Jesus one more hand clap. Amen. <laughs> Father, I just pray over everybody right now as they go. Let them be blessed. Let's cross over this week to a new level. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. If you need prayer for anything else up here, just come up here. We'll be up here for a little while. We'd love to pray with you. God bless. Have a fantastic week. Amen. Amen.